Welcome to Machine Learning. Um, so just looking at uh, stocks, you know, yeah, it's uh, interesting because uh, you can use time series and get uh, differences, uh, calculate return on the stock, uh, percent change, so you can calculate the growth of the stock. And, uh, you know, you look at your different periods of time. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're trading on a, on a daily basis, it's interesting because uh, uh, you have to get a certain profile in order to make money uh, because you'll have, you'll have periods where you're, you're, uh, you're buying and selling, but then your return, if it turns out negative, would be typical of most traders. And so then you're gonna look at uh, strategies to try to uh, hold uh, the stock longer and for longer periods of time and then capitalize on the, on the growth of the stock. And that makes more sense, but that requires a certain uh, uh, pattern. You're looking for a certain pattern. And when you achieve that certain pattern, then you can uh, probably make some money. And I say probably because um, the the thing is, is with the AI, it's also learning uh, patterns. The people are, are buying patterns and trying to capitalize on their uh, uh, buying patterns. And so you, you'll see, uh, you know, a period of time where there's uh, kind of a run up and then uh, uh, there's rapid buying and then uh, there's some resistance and then there's a, a sell-off and uh, so that if you're not selling at the proper time then your your uh, your your profits or your returns for that time period will be less and then overall it almost makes you wonder in some ways if uh, the way uh, mutual funds or, or pensions work where they they buy into a stock for a year makes more sense is that you just uh, look at the growth of the, the stock for the year and uh, and then year after year and then you use that as your basis for uh, deciding uh, which stocks to invest into and, uh, and so those are uh, considerations that you want to uh, be thinking about when you're uh, investing in stock. And I looked at it like uh, six or seven yesterday, and uh, one of them looked pretty good. The profile looked pretty good. There was a lot of hold days where the stock was going up, and you like that because that means that you know there's a constant uh, uh, there's a constant stream of uh, buyers, and then I guess you could just start doing some ratios of buyers to sellers, and and figure out you know maybe uh, you look at stocks that are mostly. Uh, have a higher buy ratio than a sell ratio uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna make money because uh, on the days that they sell uh, you know if they sell hard uh, then you could give back all your all your returns and so uh, that, that becomes kind of the challenge in when you're analyzing stock is uh, uh, looking at the stock and my, my philosophy is uh, to look for stocks that are uh, strong. They have good uh, good market demand. 
they provide a, a service or a, a, a product that people want and then um, uh, invest into the stock uh, because it's in a growth it's in a growth cycle it's in a growth trend so while it's in that growth trend and it continues to get uh, good earnings per share then uh, you know those are some fundamentals that tell you that the company is doing well uh, because if you're buying stock on price you're gonna be you'll you'll have a losing strategy because uh, there'll be over there'll be over speculation and optimism and then you'll you'll buy probably at the height of the the stock price and then there'll be a sharp correction as people realize that the valuations are overvalued and then they sell off and so there's a psychology or the fear factor when they realize that uh, the, the price based on maybe future expectations of performance is bad or not going to meet expectations. So there's all this, this, always these things where people are analyzing and saying, we expect the price to go to this and, and we expect uh, you know, earnings to be here. And those are all, those are all great. I mean, they're probably based on some math model that they built or, or maybe they just, uh, you know, there's playing a number, I don't know. But they, you know, their credibility is on the line. So the, depending on how many times they're right, um, maybe they're right nine out of 10 times. But in the 10th time, uh, unforeseen changes or disruptions in technology uh, have changed things. So like, for example, you know, disruptions could be like Tesla, uh, where it came in and, uh, you know, it was an early player in the electric market. But how did Tesla move into a market capitalization four times that of Ford? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, um, you know, and and uh, was there such a demand for electric cars? And, and why didn't the market? Why didn't Ford and and GM uh, capitalize sooner on that market when they had the technology with the Volt and uh, you know? Uh, Ford with its uh, fusion uh, for fuel cell. Why didn't it capitalize on those technologies sooner? And you know what was it about Tesla that allowed him to make that big jump in technology and uh, capability, and then gain so much market credibility uh, so fast? And uh, makes you wonder. How he did it, but uh, uh, so yeah, there's there, there you know there's going to be disruptions in the uh, businesses as technology are are introduced, and then will T Toyota make their big move into fuel cell? They've already got uh, Mariah out, and uh, and uh, it's the future. Toyota believes fuel cell, hydrogen refilling stations. They've got the 60 or so in California. And, in, you know, they're operational and people are, uh, you know, they've got people driving the fuel cell car. And uh, uh, why hasn't that become a bigger investment by Toyota to uh, create more hydrogen refilling stations 
and then sell increased production of the fuel cell car. And it's almost as if they're scared to make that move. And I don't understand why they haven't uh, made that move more aggressively while Tesla is uh, making such a, uh, aggressive moves in their marketing and uh, increased sales of the electric car. And when you look at the electric car, how much power is pulling from the grid, uh, there's going to have to be increased capacity on the grid to meet all that demand. And so, uh, you know, there's going to be demands for either renewables, which I, I'm not a really popular fan of, uh, or there's going to be increased uh, consumption of coal, uh, coal electricity, like areas in uh, Wyoming that are going to be creating a boom in the uh, in the production of electricity from coal in these remote areas. And so, uh, I think that the you know that we might see more uh, of a acceleration for electricity production, more decentralized power production home production where you you know uh, producing uh, your own electricity from natural gas perhaps and uh, and uh, you know at a cost-effective rate so maybe there's going to be the introduction of uh, of uh, uh, f natural gas fuel cell electricity generation for your electric car so that it's not pulling so much power off the grid and you know we have an abundance of natural gas, so just cycle that through the uh, fuel cell stack. These are kind of uh, interesting times, you know, because you look at the cost of fuel, and it kind of makes you angry uh, when you see uh, gasoline approaching three dollars. It's it's you know it costs a lot of money to fill your tank. Uh, that's less money that you have for food food prices are going to go up because transportation uh, costs are increasing, production costs are increasing. So all this inflation makes life really hard. And, um, you know, then the people who are not making high wages, it, it becomes more difficult for them to pay their rent. The rent prices go up during inflation. So that, that decreases uh, the amount of money that they have spendable money. And and it makes you really feel uh, bad for people that are struggling so hard. I feel bad, and I struggle because I'm putting, I'm trying to save for retirement, and uh, and so a large chunk of my money is going there, and uh, and then taxes are are increasing because taxes will increase with inflation, rising inflation. So you have higher taxes, higher inflation, higher cost, and. Uh, it uh, makes you really wish that Rothbart's uh, idea of money warehousing would take effect is that uh, um, that you shouldn't have any inflation of the money supply, zero inflation, and, and that money should uh, hold its value. Uh, work hard for that money. And then, so, and again, it kind of like reminds me of the parable of uh, consider the lilies, how they uh, toil not, you know, art thou greater than these, you know, and you compare yourself to Solomon and in, in his intelligence, um, and then you, you consider also the fact that the Lord provides all things for you, 
even the earth that is that uh, was created is for us and so you know when we look at money and and uh, its buy value and what it does for us we have to consider the fact that uh, the creator gave us all things and and there is abundance on the earth I mean look at hydrogen it's just amazing we got so much hydrogen energy um, we really could quickly replace uh, hydrocarbon fuels with a clean energy source um, that's unlimited we could produce hydrogen from solar which is amazing uh, that photo photosynthesis process can be applied to breaking apart the covalent bonds on hydrogen through uh, a sun cell where it combines uh, electric current and a catalyst and it breaks apart the uh, hydrogen from the water and so you could have uh, energy produced from seawater and a large amounts of energy in the gigawatts um, you also have low energy nuclear reactor actors and magneto hydrodynamic uh, drive where uh, you can produce gigawatts of power in the same space that you might have produced uh, kilowatts and so it's just incredible in my mind that we uh, are going to these expensive forms of energy production when um, there are proof of concepts that exist that where energy can be produced at a much uh, lower cost and uh, you could have a much a more abundant energy source and so I think eventually uh, decentralized energy production will become the new thing if, if, inter if information followed that pattern why wouldn't energy uh, information followed the pattern of decentralization we moved off mainframes, we went to servers, we went, now we're, we're going back to cloud. So I guess we're going back to mainframe in some ways because we're going back to uh, large clustered servers sitting on a, on a cloud. And so we're centralizing all our data again. And so, you know, there's this paradigm shift back maybe towards this mainframe mentality. And, uh, and uh, you know maybe something in the future will be uh, again more something more uh, decentralized and cheaper as as uh, cloud technology becomes more expensive and that's always been the argument against moving to the cloud is that cloud is not necessarily cheaper but as comp uh, computational capability has increased that has allowed the cloud cost to decrease. And, um, and so you can get uh, some fairly good performance for uh, fairly low cost. And so the companies are, are liking that, you know, they're not having to license uh, software and they're using, uh, you know, using the server, uh, which is administered uh, by, by you know by the cloud host provider and so these these uh, and the cybersecurity security is managed by them so these things are huge in terms of uh, 
security. Uh, the bad thing could be is if uh, you know there's any downtime or you know the networks go offline or maybe a controller goes out or something. Um, you know that, but again, that would be the same thing if you were administering your site locally, and you would still have to have some uh, endpoints along the way that, that administer that way. But um, those are all interesting features of our our day, as we we have uh, more uh, challenges in terms of complexity and and uh, cost. Uh, what makes me wonder as we move to more in uh, to 2030, you know, will by 2030 we be driving a fuel cell car or or some hybrid or uh, electric car? Uh, will gas gasoline prices uh, begin to be uh, re you know replaced with uh, hydrogen signs, you know, for hydrogen refueling? And then what, what, what kind of investment is going to be made by the government to uh, standardize the uh, new fuels? If they're, gonna move, if they're moving away from hydrocarbon fuels, then you know, are, they going to, going, are they putting their vote in for electric? And then if you have everyone driving electric cars, how are you going to sustain that grid? Uh, because that's going to be a huge amount of electricity that's going to be being pulled from uh, the grid. And so they, they have to be thinking about that, and you don't want to go to a rationing mode because that's just nonsense. We saw how that works, and uh, no one likes it. So it has to be consumer-based. The market has to, to drive the preferences, and... Uh, and uh, uh, innovation has to meet the, the market requirements for innovation. All right, well, that's my talk about uh, um, stocks and uh, time series and uh, energy.